This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome, everybody. Yes, it is the day after bird day. My goodness, it's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Well, I can only tell you that I had just a um, caloric slaughter of magnificent proportions yesterday. You know, it was uh, it was really something, um, I, you know, I, I got to admit, 63. 63 years of age, dead gummit, I still got it, man. The kid has still got it. I kid you not. I mean, I, 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 well, I tell you, I thought I was going to be unconscious. I thought I was going to be unconscious, uh, you know, yesterday when uh, I went and hit that turkey again, man. I thought, Max, I, I will sincerely believe that I needed to be Narcan. <laughs> listen, listen, once again, muscle memory always precedes anything else. I think that's the biggest part of it. you got to have. You've got years on your side, 63-plus, that have shown you the way of the force and the force of eating, that is. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, we, had, we had a very healthy Thanksgiving. Wait a minute. Okay, I now explain healthy. Food. Explain healthy, all right? Uh, you know, a, as we all know, I am, I am not in the country, and... Right. It is a country that also does not celebrate a Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh, so, so uh, we we did have turkey. We did have. Okay, turkey. that's cool. But we did not have the other accoutrements, hard carb laden items. I mean, oh. we had we had a vegetable medley, right? Okay. And they had this deal where they 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 did like some zucchini, carrots, and like some some potatoes. Mix. Okay. All right. The, then there was uh, there was like some carne asada that was sliced thin, oh, okay. really nice. Um, they did like it, it was it was different. It was like a beef stuffing. I mean, it had kind of some ground beef, a little bit of raisins, garlic, and almonds in it. And then there was a that sounds good though. Yeah, it, it was good. It was good. Then they had a green bean, a tomato. Um, Casserole, like vegetable medley. No, mm. not even a casserole. No, oh. no casseroles. And then, uh, then like an apple, grape, uh, and raisin with walnuts, kind of mixed, like almost gotcha. ambrosia esque salad. And then rolls. Ooh, the rolls. Rolls are you know they're that sneaky thing. You know, in between yeah. um, the turkey, in between. A dessert and, uh, you know, it's mop-up duty with the potatoes and the gravy. You know, that you, yeah. you, those rolls can really jump up on you because that's, that's hidden carbs right there. Because, you know, you oh, think you're you, – well, here's the thing. You know, you kind of overflow with the gravy after you make your lake, right, and the mashed potatoes. Yeah. So you get that, uh -huh. and then it kind of flows out. So then you got to mop them up a little bit with a little dab-a-doo with the, with the rolls. And before you know it, you've consumed half a dozen rolls because on account of you had such a tsunami of gravy come pouring out of that lake. I mean, that it's deadly. That, that can get oh, you. Yeah. Well, well and, and then, you know, normally you make the mashed potato turkey gravy sandwich, you know, with one of oh, those yeah. rolls. You know? <laughs> I so, forgot about that. Like dipping it in like a gravy au jus as well with it. So, I mean, yes. 
But yeah, no gravy either. No gravy. <laughs> gravy. You know, like red wine. Red wine reduction for our turkey, if you want. There you go. I got you. So you're down yeah. there with Potsy Farrier and family. You guys are yeah. headed together. Now, who who consumed the most? I mean, James is pretty skinny now, isn't he? I mean, he's down. But, yeah, James is pretty skinny, but J- James can house. James can house. Um, I, I, by default, definitely uh, consume more than Well, I, I would imagine. I mean, you get, the brotherhood yeah. stays, you know, we got to keep it real. Yeah. I mean, somebody had to eat the turkey legs. It was a nice roast turkey. I mean, somebody had to eat the turkey legs. I think that that put me over, and then that 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 beef beef crumble. I don't even know what to call it. Right. She called it a stuffing. I wouldn't have stuffed my turkey with it, but it, it did taste tasty. So yeah, I mean, th- those are the things that put me over the top. So yeah, I definitely went back. I had a couple slices of the breast of the turkey, right? Portion, you know, of the of, of the dark. So yeah, as far as pure numbers i don't know if my i don't know if my calorie count was uh was up to my my thanksgiving averages by any stretch it was there was definitely not near record territory okay okay i can i can understand that you know i won't say that i was in record territory but you know at at, at age you know age related or you know age curved um significance being what it is uh, i think i think i held my own i mean i think i definitely went after it did it with um, some gusto, especially when we hit dessert. You know, my mother-in-law makes the best cherry pie. Well, she makes pies like are just insane. You know, I mean, yeah. I love those pies. When she gets going, she got some pumpkin, you got cherry, you got all kinds of, I, you know, you get the ice cream and you get the whipped cream and all kinds of stuff going on. Let me tell you that there in and of itself, uh, I hammered myself. When I got back home, it was all I could do just to keep my eyes awake during the uh, the game last night with the Buff Bills and the Saints there. Yeah, no. Oh, my gosh. That that was a whole other thing. I'm watching the scores on my phone because the way the IP addresses are set up down here, mm-hmm. I couldn't access the football games. Really? So, yeah, I couldn't access it. So I had to listen to part of the games. And then the other part was watching the scores as they changed and reading and reading like kind of the drive charts because we, <laughs> we couldn't get it on the TV. I mean, because it was like Paramount Plus is the only way you can stream uh, uh, the CBS games. And then Peacock would not play anything live for the night game. Really? So. Yeah, That's distressing. Way of the Fox. Yeah, man. I was like, I was like, come on. Now I can go now today on my Game Pass and watch it. Right, but what if good I is want, that? If, yeah, I mean, but that's I not the same. To watch the replay, I'm like, uh, no, I didn't get to watch this. But you know, in my solace, we did go on a really nice boat boat trip yesterday. Oh, you and did went snorkeling and and uh, and wave and wave wave running. Or, whew, sorry. With jet oh, so, excuse I mean, so me. Excuse me. Time. I didn't mean to wake you up there. <laughs> Sorry, two-hour time difference. I apologize. Uh, but, oh, but, I, but I think, but I think that, that was one of the coolest things we did get to do. We did have a great family day. That's uh, awesome. I missed not being able to at least turn on football when football was available. Oh, man. Now, see, the thing about it was I thought Potsy was, was – is Potsy – does he follow the game still? Oh, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously yeah. you do because you've got to. 
I mean, you got yeah. a lot. You got a lot of. You got a lot of. Uh, you know, what do they call it? things in the fire? You know, I mean, you, you, yeah, you a lot got of fans a, in the fire. Yeah, yep. you got a lot of things going. But I, I didn't know if Potsy was still following the game at all, or if he just kind of moved away from it. Oh no, P- Potsy and I were going back and forth because. He was like, hey, listen, hey, did you see the game 7-6? Seven, 7-6. Six. Seven, six. He was like, he was giving me the updates. But, no, yeah, we were, we were both trying to figure out how to watch the game yesterday. Um, yeah, I was one step away from asking one of my buddies to FaceTime me so that I could watch the game. But then I realized he's got a house full of people for Thanksgiving. He's not going to dedicate his phone to watch, helping me watch a game. That would have That would have just been cruel, so. I backed off of that that heinous request. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I can tell you, man, I was I was just in hog heaven last night. We had some the family was over at my mother in law's. She had the pie thing going on and all the accoutrements and the turkey. You know, you got turkified, I got turkey faced, all that sort of stuff. You know, yeah. I mean, that was there was just something so beautiful about uh, you know eating, falling asleep, then waking up and eating some more. I mean. It's a beautiful thing. Well, and, and and it hits everybody. If it's a family event and you know you're not leaving for a while, right? Everybody. It's always one of those things where it's like, as soon as you eat to your desired full level, then it's a mad dash to secure real estate in the house. True. To to, to fall asleep in, right? Exactly. To go comatose. You know. You know. The first spot is that couch. Yep, and if, if there's either a footstool or a reclining motion to it, or or you have that one cousin that's so annoying that lays across the entire couch when it's exactly, yep, yeah. I mean, you're you're fighting for that real estate. Other people are trying to get the single chair if you can, and then of course if you're in the house, you're like, listen, I'm going right in the bed with a TV so that I can just make sure that I make this as easy as possible of a transition for me. But uh, no, I mean, for years it used to be I get the, I, if I found a couch because you know we have sectional couches. Okay. The chase on the end, I got to have the chase location. I have to have that chase location. So it's it's a pseudo like day bed type because I can kind of be erect somewhat. Right. Or I could or I could slump down a little bit lower. Oh yeah. But when I know it's in the sleep position, and still my legs don't hang off. That's what I needed. I needed a little leg elevation to get proper napping napping position. Well, the beautiful thing was I got to start off at the Light of Life Rescue Mission in the morning with my bride. Faith and I went down there, and it was just a fabulous time, right? So then we come back, and it's you're, you're, you're down there. Or I'm sorry. Then then it's coming back and going over to her mother's uh, house, and, um, and then you just get, to, like I said, turkey-faced. Well, from there, I had – this is the beauty of it. You know how sometimes you get uh, – if you got a house full of people, everybody like hangs around for a long time. You know now, how do you get out of that one? Aha! Uh-huh. When yeah, you're over at your, well, here's the thing: when when you're over at your in-laws, you can always leave. And under the guise of you know, I have to prepare for the game on Sunday, so I'm going to need to like uh, you know, come out and and, and leave the family there because. She, Faith wants to hang with her mom, right? And the kids all want to be there. Yeah. But, you know, I can head back to the house and then just get my charts, get my reading, do a little game study, and then <laughs> then lay, lay in my double-wide fat guy <laughs> chair and uh, watch the game as I'm falling asleep. And what are you swatting at? <laughs> no, it was, it was like a little like fly that flew across my oh. face. So I was trying, I was trying to hit him, but that didn't work. He's no, no, somewhere. it didn't work. You're not Mr. Miyagi. 
can't do it with the. Well, I didn't have chopsticks, you know. I mean, if I had the chopsticks, it would have been a lot easier, Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> now, hey, I once trained with a guy named Chai Sarasut. Have you ever heard of him? He's a he's a, he yeah. was a, affiliated with Dan Asano, who was, of course, Bruce Lee's. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, understudy the guy that came up and took over the JKDD thing and everything. Yeah. I trained with Chai. Chai was a champion Thai kickboxer from Thailand. This guy, and I got it from the from the guy who saw it happen. He did a roundhouse kick on a bag, a fly. He killed a fly on a heavy bag with a roundhouse kick. You know how quick and and absolutely spectacular that is to catch a fly on a heavy bag with a roundhouse kick. That that is amazing speed right there. Like that's. I can't even imagine it. Like that's ridiculous. It <laughs> like, is ridiculous. Thinking about the mo- the motion alone, yeah, right. To 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 swing around, you're off target, and then and then still strike because that's mostly heel. When you get the roundhouse, that's no, no, a that's heel the kick. shin, the shin. You know the roundhouse kick, not not. Uh, oh, a, I'm sorry, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, I was thinking spinning back kick. My okay, yes, spinning back right. kick. Yeah, yeah, roundhouse. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's shin right at right at the bend in the uh, in the ankle right. shin area. Right. That that's still ridiculous. It that, is that's still ridiculous. Wow. Okay. Forget the chopsticks. All right, I'm gonna try. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try roundhouse kick this uh, this fly when I see it next time. Oh, there's gonna be some major there, destruction going on. There's a couch I could fall into because that's about what's going to happen if I attempted that. Um, I'm just going to stick with my two palms. I'm going to stick with my two slow hands. Looking like, like, you know, uh, what's the toy that has the cymbals? Oh, yeah, one of those monkeys with the drums and everything. Monkeys, yeah. Yeah, it's just. I'm going to get it so bad. Uh, No. Um, but I, I think, yeah, you know, I think that's one of the one of the, the great outs. Now, because you have game coverage, here's a question I want to ask you. Okay. Do you ever get like the reserved handicap type of deal in the processional of food? You know, where you can kind of cut, it, you know, you can kind of cut the lines like, hey, I got to get back to my game. I want to enjoy <laughs> this, but, you know, I just want to. I've not made that move yet. First. No, I, that I have not oh, okay. done. Have yeah, you done that? that bet move yet. No, I have not. No. Oh, come oh, on. please, come on. You brought yeah. it up. You know if you brought it up, that means you I've did it. I've thought about it. I've thought about <laughs> it, but I've, I've always been too young to pull that move for anything. <laughs> the only time that it came close, because, you know, women are always a lot, are, are always the first in line. Like, that, women and kids. Right. I, but but th- then there's the hierarchy of the, of the male adults. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like my dad's always going to go first. When grandpa was alive. Right. You know, he, he, he was appreciated there. your dad. Un- uncles. Right. Cousins yeah. you know, that are older than you. You know, they always went by age at this one. I'm like, we don't go by age, but anything else. But Thanksgiving, for some reason, there's a procession of age. <laughs> and that was the one that always I was like, man, why, man I only see my uncle like once in like the last year. And it was the last Thanksgiving. Like, he doesn't come around. I'm like, I, you see me every day, Grandma and Mom. Why can't I get in front of him? No, that's just not how it was. I always bothered him. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I do more around this household. I, I should have a higher standing in this household than this. But, you know, 
that's how it was. So, I mean, I, I just wondered if you ever pulled like, hey, you know, I got all this work. I'm really important. Because <laughs> I watched my cousin who was a pharmacist. I take that back. He jumped the line once. Oh, did he? Yeah, he jumped the line once because he had to get back because the pharmacy was like still open till like four o'clock or something. Well, that's so uh, that's okay. You can do that. During his lunch break. Okay. Yeah. All right. We got to take a break now. Later on, uh, we got Jerry Dulac is going to come on at 1120. And uh, we we are, otherwise, it's you and me, buddy, on the day after. And remember, this is the day that the Plumber, National Plumbers Association said, is the busiest day of the year. (laughs) Hey, that's all I'm saying. They reported it. We're just saying it. Okay, we'll be back after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to the locker room, folks. It's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas. The day after Turkey Day, which, of course, is always Black Friday. Did anybody Black Friday out? I mean, that's always something you like. Who does that? That's a good question. Who does that? I mean, Black Friday, if you've, matter of fact, 412. 919-1316, 919-1316, if you went out and Black friday out or in the process of it, let us know because I don't know. I, that seems like crazy to me. Yeah. Well, Black Friday, and then what are your what are your items of choice that you're Black Fridaying for? Right, right. That's I'm, the other thing. Are you just deal hunting because there's deals? Or were you going out because you knew there was a specific item you needed to get and you could only get it today? Because it would be gone the rest of the Christmas season. That's a good question. That is a good question because, you know, inquiring minds want to know. Look, I mean, let's face it. There's just only, to me, there's only one reason. If you got a deal that is so pure, so righteous, so right, that gets you up out of of bed at like 2 a.m. or something and you go roaring over to a store, okay, I can see that. But if you're out there just cruising the the different deals that happens, I, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, that's like too hit or miss. Well, and you remember, remember the frenzies that they used to show on the news of like exactly. people fighting over like the last like Beanie Baby or something like that, or <laughs> people trying, you know, people like fighting over a blender, you know. And I'm, I'm like, right. I'm like, it's not that deep. No, I'm like, you you're going through all this, potentially getting arrested for the sake of saying you got this one item. I'm like, it it it's not it's not that deep. <laughs> I mean, and now with the advent of you know, obviously technology to where you can order stuff online anyway, either through that company or through Amazon. I mean, the Amazon has made life a lot different, but it's just crazy to think. I'm like, I'm, I'm not fighting you. First of all, if there's something I really, really want and I have to go there Black Friday, you're not getting it from me if I get there first. <laughs> I'm just saying, you're not, you're not getting it from me. There's no story. There's no sobbing or looking frail. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting that, and I'm walking out, and I dare you to try and snatch it from me, uh, first and foremost. But you know, I, I just, I can't imagine that phenomenon. I'm like, I like sleep and I like leftovers too much. That's know? exactly just, it. Who wants to go out yeah. and spend all night just trucking around looking for some Camp- sort of deal or camping out so that you could be the first oh. one? In, you know, it's just like, come on, get out of here with that. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, no. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to placate or, you know, get into that. But listen, I, I, I know plenty of people that do. I have buddies who do. And it, 
Max, man, I got, I got, I got, I got this great deal, man. I got like three TVs. Now, really? Like, because I don't know too many people that do this. I know some, but it's not yeah. too many that 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 will sacrifice their but, night of sleep. Yeah, no, I've had a couple of buddies, but they're like they're like couponer, like extreme couponers oh, wow. and deal hounds, and that they're they're all about. It. I'm like, dude, great for you, but where are you putting three TVs? I don't know, but I got them. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, what What are you doing? Are you building a mobile command center? I'm like, in your garage? I don't, I don't, I don't know why. A mobile three command Three of the exact center. same TVs when last Thanksgiving you got the same amount of TVs again. I'm like, I'm like I'd rather wait for this, you know, because every year Super Bowl time, they do TV sales. Right, right. So I'm like, I can just wait till Super Bowl, run up to Costco, and grab a new TV if I felt if I so felt it because that when I had to do uh, a couple new TVs at my house, okay. that's what I did. I waited till Super Bowl. I wasn't going during Black Friday. <laughs> why? That's like, wise. The same deal is going to apply. I, you know, I mean, I, I work smarter, not harder. Wolf. That's what I always say. <laughs> Efficiency. Efficiency. <laughs> Just because I don't want to do the extra. <laughs> oh, I hear you. Well, here's one of the ways that the Steelers can work harder. All right. I mean, sorry, work smarter, not harder, is when you have Maker coming back, which Maker has been activated yes. from the COVID list. And of course, he missed the Charger game. But Ray Ray McLeod is the only guy left on the COVID list for the Steelers. But I, I give you this you know, you think about it. What Maker might have meant to that, that game last time. I mean, think about it. Um, if you've got Maker, do you think that um, uh, Keith Butler might have put a little spy game in action? Whether it was Minker, whether it was Devin Bush, to use um, some sort of deal to create uh, somebody spying on Justin Herbert running, you think that you know, or do you think what about Mike Williams? I don't think that miscommunique, whatever it was between the three of the of the se- of the back end of the defense there, that Mike Williams runs free for a touchdown down the sidelines. So, tell me about it. That that that's my one moment where I said. What, outside of Minka being missed the entire game, because I think also sure. the passing numbers would not have been as great with Keenan Allen um, having the day that he had across the middle. Right. That would have been minimized. But I think most specifically was that corner blitz. Um, that there would not have been a miscommunication between Cam and Trey if Minka was in there. Right. Somebody would have clearly known that, hey, I have the ad replace. Like, if one of you are blitzing, I know who my replace guy is. That's supposed to fall over the top. There wouldn't have been that community. But like you said, it also would have helped as far as covering the space. And also, I you know, I look at that. I think it's a tandem because, you know, if we have any one of those three, it's a different result. But Minka more specifically, when we talk about how much space Justin Herbert had to operate with when he did tuck the ball, it would have gotten chewed up really fast because – you know, Minka's coverage speed and closing speed is ridiculous, as well as Joe Hayden's. True. Like, Joe, Joe has great uh, cover speed, um, but it would have been it would have been nullified. I think you would have seen Herbert have, like, 50 yards rushing. That would have been 40 less yards that you would have worried about. Plus, you would have had more incompletions. I don't know if Herbert's numbers would have been as high when you have Minka across the middle. So, you know, that was one of the – and that was one of the areas that Minka – you know, kind of creates doubt and receivers kind of get that alligator arm syndrome 
when it like right. oh, no 39 nope i'm not taking that hit out ah i tried i tried i'm running <laughs> back to the huddle instead of sitting there on the ground contemplating life decisions <laughs> exactly you know i mean think about it and the other thing about it is what quarterbacks do when they take a look over and they see minka you know it's the same thing as uh, i remember joe flacco used to say follow the hair with troy because it was all about making sure yeah. you knew where troy was what he was doing where he was aligning himself and then being able to make whatever calls you need to make to adjust to wherever that you know uh, troy was and it's the same thing with minka You've got to know where he is and understand what uh, what role he's probably playing. But the fact is, he can change that around, and, and because of his ability to, you know, morph into other positions and his communication skills and his ability to cover a great deal of ground, like you pointed out, yeah. um, there's an enormous number of things he can do. And I'm I'm really glad number one that he's back because you're going to need him with Joe Burrows and. Uh, you know, with T. Higgins, and you got Jamar Chase, and of course you got Tyler Boyd, who may be one of the best slot guys going. So this weekend coming up, you need Minka Fitzpatrick. You need your quarterback at the back end of the defense. You need that guy to be able to line everybody up and make sure everybody's tight. Well, and, and think about this, you know, Minka, what Minka does for your defense, he allows those DBs to be more free and be more aggressive because – a, you know what your assignment is pre-snap, but B, you know that if Minka's on your side, you're covered up even if you do try and make an aggressive thing like jump a route, which is kind of where we're at, I think, in the season where you got to be more aggressive and instinctive because the turnovers need to happen more frequently. That's one thing when you think about defensively, um, we just haven't had those turnovers like everybody else in the league. Right. You know, we're, we're, we're in that bottom half of the league in turnovers and turnover margin. And it's something that we've always been able to hang our hat on. And it just, we've always been like a step, a fingertip away from getting like a couple of interceptions or when the ball goes on the ground and getting those fumble recovered. Like we had, we've just been ah, hair or a tick too late from like 10, 10 turnovers. And you just have to think that, okay, Maybe this is a time where it starts to fall away because it hasn't fallen our way so far into the season, at least meaningful amounts. Like we, of course, we had the one last week that helped us out greatly. That mounted a 27-point comeback, but you know that was one of those where you just you're like, man, if we'd have one more, because there was one earlier in the game, right? They got tipped up in the air. It seemed like it was hanging in air forever when Isaiah Bugs tried to jump for it. Remember. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, Buggy tipped it, and he was like, ah. "I mean, he had full layout." I'll give, I'll give, Buggy give, hey, give him credit for it. Yeah, that was a full, yeah. a full Monty right there, man. Yeah, but it was just so. So you have to wonder when that's going to kick into our favor, and just just be the turning point for us. Because I feel like Joe Burrow is right for that against us. Because not only you know we had some other key injuries when we faced them last time that we'll hopefully be going back in, but having Minka having Joe, having TJ is going to be so meaningful in this matchup to co go in there full strength into the, into, you know, the, the, the bingo jungle or whatever you want to call it nickname wise, but right. 
it was a place that I had a lot of success during my career. So it, it, it feels like it feels like home, you know, and my pops played there. So, you know, it felt, it felt like home. It feels like a second home. It's fa- not as nice second home. But you know what my favorite part is? Did you ever watch the Escaloser? The fa- no. You know, the Escaloser oh, yeah. is the greatest part <laughs> yeah. of watching a, a, a Cincinnati loss in Cincinnati when they reverse it so it's coming down and you have that lone fan just with his dejected yeah. head down riding the Escaloser down as it was so named by – I forgot who actually named that. Um, but I, I got to oh, tell you, God. it was absolutely magnificent. So I, that's the part I missed. Now – Again, the what the Bengals helped they beat us what two uh, Steelers two times in a row now or is it three times? Uh, I can't remember. They they two, two times in a row last season and this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't. They came to Heinz Field. Yep, and yeah. so it could they could beat them beat the Steelers for the first time like three times in a row. So that can't happen. They're going to have to get their mojo no. going here, and it starts. I think you got Minka coming back. We got. I think Joe Hayden now is limited practice and TJ. Also, is a limited practice, yeah. uh, so that's those are the key elements right there. Um, you're going to need all these guys because Joe Mixon is on a on a tear. I mean, the guy is just really yeah, ripping it up. Third week against the Steelers, he went 90 yards total in rushing. Um, you know what? He, he's capable of dropping some big numbers if the Steelers are not on their A game. Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think with what you know, Joe has been doing, he, he's been that one staple that's helped Joe Burrow out, right. Is having that, that run game that you can run when you absolutely needed to. Right. And create, create that, that, that cushion, right. Staying, he keep he keeps the Bengals on schedule when they're off schedule, you know, he'll write the ship and he, he can burn off a seven, eight yard run. If you don't get anything going in first down on a pass or, you know, you're down to like second and eight. He can then make give you a lot of third and shorts. And that's what he's done consistently for the team has been that guy that could just give it to you right when you need it. And that and that has to be something that the Steelers have to be mindful of and be sure on their tackling is making sure that you get Joe Mixon under control. Now he's not the greatest receiving back, but what he provides you um in just that every down roll. Is, is something that you can't lose sight of. Very well said, my good man. Well, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, and I'm going to start asking you about what can the Steelers do to solve that Justin Herbert problem, and how does it apply to Cincinnati? So think a right on that while you're perusing whatever's in the refrigerator there, okay? Uh, all right, I will. <laughs> yeah, Max is like going, what are you talking about? All right, we'll be back with more Wolf Starks and the Ninjas. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And we are back in the locker room. That's that's okay. It was it was Max. Yeah, I didn't screw up. You know, it, it was Max. I'm, I'm blaming, I'm throwing Max under the bus. All right, you heard What did that? I get thrown under the bus for? <laughs> you, the, the mute. Uh-oh, wait a minute. No, you did, uh, oh, yeah, no, you I thought I did. I thought I did. Oh, it was me the whole time. Yes. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Oh, I have to tell the truth. Accountability. Thank you, Jacob. Yep. 
<laughs> He's looking at me going, it was yeah. you the whole time, buddy. Oh, my goodness. Okay. so Reverb. Yeah, reverb. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Part of the puzzle of that game out in L.A. was, of course, Justin Herbert running the ball. And nobody really foresaw that. I certainly didn't think that. He would be, you know, just watching the the games in the lead up and, and watching his film. Um, just, it, I never really. He didn't look like that great of an athlete, you know. I mean, he, little semi rollouts and things like that. A couple times he got blitzed and he looked like he was uh, got pressured and didn't know quite what to do with the ball and stuff like that. So I, I don't know. I didn't. I just didn't anticipate him being able to hurt the Steelers with nine rushes for what ninety three yards before he took the knee. At the end there to knock off like three yards, whatever it was. But certainly, um, that was that's an equation you got to be able to handle coming up. Yeah, no, it, it's a question because I think Joe Burrow has the same ability, if not a little bit better than than uh, Justin Herbert. And I'm sure the Bengals are looking at, hey, you know, if we spread them out and they're in zone coverage maybe this is an opportunity where we could use as well because Joe does like to run and Joe does run. So can we get some type of quarterback run game going either de facto or by breakdown to where he has a schematic? And I think that's one of things, but I think it also is important to note that Justin Herbert also went up against um, a very less than full strength defense. I think, Right. When you think of it, you also have to include in T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick being in there and being the type of caliber of athletes to where you're not going to get as much time as Justin Herbert did to wait and make that decision when guys are running deep routes. Like T.J. Watt is coming off the edge. Right. And what that means that by T.J. being available off the edge means Alex Highsmith is now even more so in play because – you can't commit the, that double team to him or Cam Hayward. Um, you're going to have some pressure. And then also another guy that we talked about last week, we hadn't talked about him that much this week, Isaiah Loudermilk. Bingo. Being back in that rotation. So you're, there's depth to your defensive line pass rush as well. So now your front five is going to be a lot more smothering. You're not going to get as much gap jumping and switching around in the process because he's going to have the ability to jump in and out and give you some different options. So I'm looking at it and saying, you know what? This is going to be a really fun process to watch having them because we didn't have Alex Heisman and TJ Watt last time we played the Bengals, you know? And I think having those two there to provide that edge pressure and Isaiah Loudermark being a different guy than he was, um, you know, now at this point in the season versus when they saw him earlier in the season, I think we have some really good pieces going into this game, especially knowing that we have these guys available at our disposal. Because, like you said, we didn't have them the first time. So when Joe Mixon went 18 for 90 against us, um, you know, we didn't have any guys off the edge. So he was able to do a lot more stretch. Uh, the cutback lanes were a lot cleaner on the backside. And when you have a good outside backer, they know how to close and restrict. Um, you know, but the biggest thing is going to be also being disciplined in their rush lanes. I think that's something that, you know, you hit on. I'm sure you could talk about the rush lane discipline has to be better and should be better with those guys present. Well, absolutely. You know, I mean, and one of the things I love was you brought up Isaiah Lottermilk, who I think, 
You know, it's it's funny, but at the beginning of the year, never did I think that we'd be talking about how Isaiah Loudermilk is his absence is noted. You know, I mean, he just I, to me it was just he was going to be a guy that was going to come along. You know, get on that squat program, eat uh, as much meat as you can eat during the whole season, put some weight on, get some muscle, do all that sort of stuff. And here we're talking about significant snaps being uh, utilized by Loudermilk and. You know, he embodies what Cam Hayward was talking about. He said, hey, you got to know and be aware of the quarterback. You can't bury your head in guys. At 6'7", he's not going to bury his head in guys. Uh, you got to get full extension and lockout, be able to disengage, get that push from inside, which is one of the things that Isaiah does do is do a very good job of getting that Cam Hayward forward lean lockout with both hands and driving the guy, the man ahead of him backwards. So, you know, I think him being in there is going to be uh, part of the, 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 the solution, certainly. But being aware and making sure that you're fundamentally doing those things over and over. You know what it is. You know, we as offensive linemen, you know, pass protection, proper setup, punch, move your feet, wash, rinse, and repeat. That's what it's all about. And the same thing happens defensively speaking for the pass rush. They've got to go through the same fundamentals and do them over and over again. Yeah, and it's repetition. And I think that's where we're at at this point in the season where the guys have gotten the requisite amount of repetitions on the defensive line to know how to do this. Early on, yeah, you're fumbling through. You're trying to figure out what is a what is a 3-4 defensive tackle versus a 4-3 defensive tackle. I, I, I don't know the difference. One, you know, I, I need to knife. I see color. I see a lane. I'm going to take it. And it's like, no, 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 no. In the NFL, son, when you get in this level, right, you need to be able to p- compress and restrict. It's not about you making the play. It's the, for the linebackers to make plays in a 3-4 defense. Those are the guys that you're banking on. When you're in a 4-3, yeah, it's any man for himself, right? Anybody can make the play that can make the play. And a D lineman, blow up, cause havoc. But there's more restraint involved in a 3-4 defensive lineman. Um, you know, it was funny. Potsy and I were having this conversation, James Ferrier, we're having this conversation yesterday and we were just talking about how underrated like a Casey Hampton was for the general public, how an Aaron Smith. Oh yeah. I mean, if he plays any other position in any other type of defense outside of the three, four, you're talking about a guy who has a career that could potentially be Hall of Fame worthy for what he did and what he meant, like how much hinged on our success based off of their play at that deep tackle position. And it goes unnoticed because the whole entire point is your linebackers are supposed to make the plays. Your linebackers get all of, quote unquote, the glory or the opportunities to make the tackles because of what that front three does to give the other four at the second level that opportunity. And so, you know, it's just one of those things that if you can develop into that, because it's almost like a glorified offensive lineman, a three, four D lineman, you know, where you, it, the, the way that your team is successful is by everybody else looking good, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and it's the same thing with offensive linemen, except for, you know, they can make a sack and they can make a tackle and disengage. But for the most part, if you're doing your job the right way, you're keeping the offensive lineman off of the second level, that's the mark of a great line. And that's what Aaron Smith did. He took up to, 
Camp took up two. Now there's only one guy, and guess what? <clears throat> you got Kimo von Olhoffen, Brett Kiesel, right. you know, that are these guys that are now the ones that are taking over that responsibility. And yeah, you 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 have to like, oh man, I mean, I might be able to take them one on one, but more often than not, I can't. And so you're trying to figure out how are we going to get past these three guys <clears throat> who play like five. That was the true mark. And that's what the guys are starting to get to. That's where Isaiah Lauerdemilk, I think, is starting to recognize so, so that he can complement what a Wormley does, what a Cam Hayward does, if he's going to come in and give either one of them a blow. He has to understand that he's living up now to that standard that's been set. And I like the fact when you have, you know, the six seven. There's a lot to be said about being able to put your hands up and deflect passes at the line of scrimmage or make that quarterback throw out of the Mike Tomlin, what he calls a well, you know, because the hands are up and you've got to be able. We used to have back at Three Rivers, they had this whole rigmarole thing that they'd roll out there and it was to simulate hands up and the quarterbacks would have to throw over top of it, you know, and it was like uh, seven yeah. feet tall or whatever. And they'd have, uh, uh, you know, like some plastic sort of, Sticks rising up from it to simulate those hands up in the air and having to throw the ball high enough to get over the line of scrimmage. And I, they don't do that anymore. But, you know, um, that's a value that I think Isaiah Laudermilk is going to bring to this, this defense, no question about it, uh, certainly. And the other thing is Carlos Davis. I was wondering, we haven't heard anything about Carlos other than the fact he had been activated to practice. You know, and he has three weeks by which I think this is the second of the three weeks to come along. And I was just wondering, because I've not really heard anything about Carlos Davis and what he's doing in practice and how that's going for him. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that's going to be interesting because this is a guy we've been waiting for all season to come in and play, especially when we knew that Steph, uh, to it was not going to be available right. to us. Um, you know, it's like, okay, well, what about these young guys? Because we remember – it was Bugs and Davis that were going back and forth for who's going to get that final roster spot. I remember right. we spent the last two weeks of preseason talking about it and about where their enhancements were and where their deficiencies were. And they were both like kind of complete opposites, right? You know, they're yin and yang. And when you put them together, it makes one complete circle. But each of them had their strong points. And Carlos yes. Davis was more of our run type of stopping two gapping stuffing type of D tackle um, that had some athleticism. Whereas bugs was a guy that could take an edge and could do one-on-one -on -one stuff. And he was the one that could go down the line of scrimmage, but he wasn't necessarily a good, a great two gapper. So it's like, okay, if we get bugs and now you get a rotation between bugs and Davis, how that would look in the season. Um, you know, at the time when Tyson Alawalu was still there, we're like, man, we got some depth at nose. <clears throat> to roll in there, but uh, now we'll wait and see what comes of it. I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe he's ahead of schedule. Maybe he's behind schedule. But I don't think anybody's really paid attention because the injuries we had in trying to figure out if guys are going to be active, he kind of got swept under the rug for this week. But hopefully, we hear some good news coming forward. Yes, and I, you know, I don't, I don't want to, you know, be blasting on a, a Daniel Archibong. Um, you know, the Delonte Scotts, the, the guys that, you know, they, they brought up just signing to a practice squad that had to bring up. But the fact of the matter is they have not had long enough to even be a part of this and understand exactly what's going on. And so you would hope 
I know that you know you got to put a body out there. You got to take some snaps. But when you're going with guys that, um, and, and again, I don't, I don't want to be ripping them, but if if they're not capable of meeting the standard, you know, and that's that question mark, you know. And I'm not saying yeah. that they aren't. It's just they've got to be acclimated. They've got to be able to play. And you got to be able to play fast, and you have to know what you're doing to be able to play fast. And that's part and parcel, but I think yeah. uh, in the next segment we're going to talk about it. But Devin Bush, maybe some of the things that he's facing is, you know, some of that is maybe a lack of confidence, a lack of maybe under complete understanding defensively, but it's something to talk about. But certainly, you know, for the defensive linemen, uh, and, and the guys, uh, Delonte Scott, that they've got rushing also at the outside, um, it it's, can be problematic if you don't know what you're doing. You know what I – you know, that's – I mean, you kind of like come off and you're like, uh, maybe I do this, maybe I don't. You know what I mean? That's that's a problem. Well, you start just taking risk, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I well, to, that's it. Coach yeah. said make a play. Coach said make a play. I'm going to go make a play. Even yes. if it's outside of the construct of what we need to be accomplished as a team. Um you know, when you know what you're doing or you know how the defense schematic is, you know that I have to make a play within this type of area or space. Right. Right. I don't have the Minka, Troy, free wheeling ability to make that decision on my <laughs> own. I, I, I'm not as experienced. I'm not as seasoned. And I have to do it within my space. I can't jump the inside gap when another guy's in there and think, oh, if we wedge two through the gap, it'll be a lot easier to get through. No, because you lose contain responsibility, right. right? You lose some element when you're not aware of the area you're supposed to be in. Exactly so, my friend. You know, now, again, the solution is always going to be, well, Cam Hayward, you've got to pull extra weight. You know, right now, Chris Wormley, you got to step up. Uh, Isaiah Loudermilk, you've got to step up and be able to do something. Uh, T.J. Watt, I'm interested in, are we going to get T.J. Watt slightly encumbered, you know, or is he going to be able to cut loose on that? I don't know. I mean, a knee, uh, to me, I, and I, I don't know what the the diagnosis was, I thought it looked a little bit like a hyperextension possibly. That, uh, you know, in two weeks, two weeks after, for me, felt pretty good. I remember getting one in training camp, a hyperextension of the knee. And uh, so I felt you know, better at about two weeks. But um, certainly you, you need a healthy TJ because he really – the lack of him, it shows. And then, you know, Alex Highsmith, he's, 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 he's special. He's got to bring it out. But we saw one half sacks from last week. The two of them together, I, I just think that TJ makes Alex potentially a lot more, uh, you know, threatening than – Alex on his own right now. And Alex is getting better all the time. And, like, I believe about this guy's got – I think he's got superstar potential. But potential is a French word, which means I ain't worth a darn yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Poten- potential is only great if it's actually realized. Uh, <laughs> better way to say it. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I think you're absolutely right. Like, it, it's having that person on the field that motivates you to go out and do it. But also – by having T.J. Watt there, by the attention that goes to him, he forces flow to Alex. Right. Which could make Alex's life a lot easier right. in the process when you have him. Because I look at, you know, when we had James Harrison and we had Lamar Woodley, right, off the edges together, James more often than not forced flow to Lamar. 
and that's the same thing that could happen. But also, when Lamar was getting hot and the attention went to him, now he forces it back to James. Right. So the same seesaw between TJ and Alex can go on. And that's why when you have two really good pass rushers together on opposite sides of the offensive line, that creates the quandary, right? Especially when you got that halfback in the backfield that has to, quote-unquote, scan. When you're in a scan position, right. you're looking left to right, you're like, uh-oh. Uh-oh, they're both coming at the same time. <laughs> I got to make a decision, you know, and then you make the decision and you realize no matter what you do, you're wrong because the other one's going to make the play, whichever one you, you decide mm-hmm. to go to. That, 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 that's when things are humming, and that's what the Steelers have always been good at doing is producing those two good outside pass rushers. You need them both, the bookends. All right, that's the wrap for the first hour. We'll be back with more. Here we go with Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room.